Sign up for our Discord channel at majordomamedia.com. There are wonderful discount codes for Athletic Brewing, Cometeer Coffee, Any Day Cookware, and all things Momofuku. Nice discount codes that you can only get signing up for our Discord channel. We, ha- we need to put a new metric. It was 50,000 Discord members, 100,000 for 2023. <laughs> or uh, we're going to stage something terrible for Chris Yang. <laughs> if, you've oh read, if you've read the Old Testament book, Job, that's what we're going to have planned. Something very special for Chris for, t- you know, his one year, because 2024 could be very bleak. I've never heard anybody refer to like Old Testament, like, have you ever read the book, Job? <laughs> but the sure, one thing yeah. I can't pronounce, I, I, I can't pronounce many things, but I can't pronounce Job. <laughs> I know not to say it's Job. I know yeah. it's Job. I, I can't get into the, the psychiatry of that. There's something there. And all things Momofuku, we have the Chili Crunch chocolate bar coming out soon. And uh, yeah, I did talk about it. I thought it was a bad idea. And then I tasted it, and it's a good idea. So I take full credit for the good idea. (laughs) And if you're having a hard time finding Chili Crunch at your grocery stores, your Whole Foods, you're not the only one. We've been selling a lot of it, and we are ramping up production. So don't fret, but it may be easier to get it through shop.momofuku.com in the interim. But, you know, I, I was just in the Pasadena Whole Foods, and all gone. Yeah, man. We sold 31 units last week out of the Pasadena Whole Foods. That is wild. I'm very That's happy wild. about that. Very happy about that. Although now, if we don't do 62 by next month, again, the Book of Job is going to come into effect. <laughs> yeah, the doubler Job threat. And I made something delicious. Very delicious that I'm going to probably uh, do on the Drew Barrymore show because I'll be in New York next week. Hopefully, I'm healthy enough to do it all. I made a chili crunch carbonara. And I it's not that. really carbonara. And I fucked up by saying I'm missing pancetta because it is. You're right. It's guanciale. But who cares? It tastes the same. <laughs> 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 really. Guanciale and, and, and pancetta taste the same. It tastes funky. It, it tastes like dry-aged shoe. Yeah. Smells <laughs> like dry-aged shoe. Tastes delicious. I- Smells like dry-aged shoe foot. I think pancetta better than guanciale, man. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Anyway, and I love the comments. Oh, my God. This is fusion. Oh, my gosh. What horrible technique. Come on. Come on. It is really good. And of all the things I've made with our our products, just putzing around, that is legitimately, I I, I, I mean, it's, it's insanely good. It's really insanely good. And here's the recipe. You boil some Momofuku noodles. You can save the sauce packets and save the sauce packets for stir fries or noodle soups. It's really delicious. And you can do this with any of our noodles, the spicy, the, the tingly, or the swing scallion. Boil it. While it's boiling, you um, cook off some pork, pancetta, pork belly. Guanciale, if you're, if you're feeling authentic. And uh, as that's cooking and rendering out, you cook the noodles, you separate the egg yolk with an eggshell, not with that garlic trend that is happening. How dumb is that? That in a nutshell is, we'll get into that in a second. My goodness. You just crack the eggshell. Nature's perfect vehicle to separate the egg yolk from the egg white. So I do two egg yolk, I do an egg yolk per package of noodles and uh, 
I do a nice teaspoon, tablespoon, depending on how spicy you want it, of the chili crunch. You can add salt. You can add savory salt. You can add a little soy. I just add a little savory salt. I've done it without salt as well. And you just sort of mix it all in with a ladle full of the pasta water and the noodle water. And it's, it's shockingly good. God damn. That's it. That's my endorsement. And the fact that my family, my in-laws, everyone has tasted it, it is, uh, it is that good. Oh, Parmesan. Yes. You have to use good Parmesan. Anyway, that's a, that's a long, long spiel that nobody really wants to hear. Let's get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Nature Demo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. We got Chris Yang. Noelle is uh, loafing around, loafing about. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's in my old neck of the woods right now. She's in San Francisco searching yes. for places to eat. And doing work that I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So I can't really give her a hard time. But I will. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> What's been happening over there? So I have, a, I have a, an idea. Uh-oh. For this wheel of constraint. Oh, boy. We get everyone in Major Dome Media. To participate, Chris Chen, Doc, and well, myself, okay. yourself, throwing Gabby into that mix. Who else? She doesn't even know. <laughs> but we should reach out to the Ringer universe as well. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. But we need to find a way to measure this, right? We, what we need to do is have some kind of platform, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, or whatever. I don't know. Or our Discord channel, I don't know. But every meal needs to be verified. And you mm-hmm. need to log in some kind of exercise. 
every day. Okay. But I think uh, let, let's, let's just spend a little bit of time because I think we're going to need a couple weeks to do this. And I don't know if the podfather himself would do this. It would be great if Bill would do this, but we'll see. And also, who knows? I, I My prediction is if we ask the ringer team, zero, zero people from the ringer. <laughs> Zero participation for the ringer. Sure. Zero participation. Great idea. Add, can we make it? <sighs> Listen. It's it's zero sugar. It's it's no sugar, no added sugar, nothing. Okay, sweet, but I think it should be sugar. like dodgeball rules. I think we should form our major domo team and go up against a team of six ringer people. Last person standing. No, everyone for themselves. <laughs> okay, fine. But here I'm trying to engender a camaraderie and team spirit among our, our company, but that's fine. Okay. Slytherin House, man. Come on. <laughs> the Slytherin House failed at everything. That's no. the point. No, the system was rigged against them. <laughs> that's fine. They still lose everything. But I, I, I do think the Wheel of Constraint is you, you can have one cheat day. I don't know. We got we to gotta write this out. and we push it, we'll, Let's put it on Discord. Okay. I think let's it's still got to be rules out there. Yeah. Let's, let's also, I think what we can do are steps, you know, measure your steps. I think things like that. I'm, I think there should be some sort of like percent of improvement, right? Just some sort of leveling effect. Cause I'm just thinking about doc on our team. Who's just like some kind of like running addict and he's already eating healthy, blah, blah, blah. No, Although, no, no. So, so, but we need to check it in every day. You need to check in with a verified photo of what's happened. The no booze thing is going to be tough for Mr. O'Connor. Well, well, so so here's how we do it too. Each meal is a video, and you show your phone, your your watch, your calendar, and the meal, and that's that. Okay. What well, about you know, the, 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 the in betweens. <laughs> the other thing, if we really wanted to get specific on this, there are now these things where you can put a like a, a small needle in the back of your arm. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, it, it's also it, it's like a little sticker. So you don't feel it, and it measures your glucose levels. So we can have everyone on the level here. Oh, you want to put, you want to install glucose monitor, like diabetic glucose monitors, and everybody to keep not, checking you're their not blood diabetic. sugar. You don't have to be diabetic, but that's how we really know. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. This is so. It's, you know what you actually can do. When when we did the last when we did the last uh, wheel of constraint, I got a I got those keto sticks to pee on and measure ketones in my urine. And uh, a lot of ketones here. <laughs> we, we we need to figure out the right rules, the ability to check in, and like what's the prize at stake here. And we do need to ask the Ringerverse, the Ringer, the whole universe of the Ringer. Who who's who's in, who's going to participate? Who's going to participate? We got to find a sponsor to provide a fabulous prize. Who's invested it? Who's, who out there wants to give us an amazing prize for, for living our best, healthiest life? Yeah. Somebody out there. This, is, this, is, this has got to happen. And I think the more people that participate, the better. And I think also maybe we could do this as a present or prize or competition for the Discord community. Get the, get the Discord community competing with us? Sure. Oh, yeah. Who can do it the longest? <laughs> oh, man. I don't who can wanna... be the master of their domain? They are already masters of our domain, so that's fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can have like three cheat days a month. Three cheat days a month to distribute as you see fit. So yeah. if I want to go on like a three-day bender, I can go on a three-day bender, but that's it for the month. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't even know. It's one cheat day. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how to, do, how to do this. 
Or there's no cheat days, and we let's just do no cheat days. You're out. That's master of your own domain. There's no, you yeah, can't, there's no, no there's, like, yeah, yeah. What am I? I feel like a millennial right now talking about <laughs> consolation trophies. No, that's out. <laughs> you wanted to cheat day. I mean, I think you're for Oh, man. I, <laughs> I'm now flashing back to the conversations we were having during this. Like, things get delirious, man. And you were desperate for a cheat day last time around. I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna dig out the old. I'm gonna dig out the old text messages from last year. Um, what else is happening over there? Um, I was thinking about <laughs> if this is something we could put on majordomo.tv once we get organized and once we get moved in. Sort of like <sighs> Squawk Box on CNBC. How could you do? And you know, one of my favorite things is in New York Magazine where they have the. Um, the high-brow, low-brow uh, XY mm-hmm. chart graph. Mm-hmm. What is that? The mm-hmm. intelligentsia graph? Yeah. What if we do our version culturally, but it's buy and sell? And it's a little <laughs> bit like PTI. It's a little bit around the horn. But like, how nice would it be? You know, one of my friends, Charlie Saunders, worked out of college at a place called Hollywood Stock Exchange. And it was a company that would try to put a value on the cultural significance, the currency, sure. on anything that's happening in the world at large. Sure. I thought it was a terrible idea until like, you know, 20 years passed. I'm like, wow, that was just ahead of its time. Yeah. And definitely. you could actually, you know, invest and get rewards or whatever by buying a celebrity or a song right. or something at a low value, right? It's how different is that than anything else? No, I think I think that's interesting. I think you could like, yeah, you could buy low on Katherine Heigl right now, <laughs> just like yeah. expect a comeback. Yeah, buy, if you buy it, buy it. Imagine last year if I bought uh, short rounds stock. <laughs> Who won? If you go to go last night, right? you just always had a standing order to purchase any available shares of short yeah, round. I'm going long. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm buying. Options on short round. For, I, I can't remember his name. Ki Hui Kwan. He, he, won, he, he gave a beautiful speech. That would have been a great trade. Like an oh, amazing yeah. trade. You could not it would have be seen almost, that coming. It would be almost like I was in the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to peer through time. Okay, so what kind of things are you seeing on the buy-sell major domo chart? Well... In terms of culture, I don't know. <laughs> You'd buy like, high, we, like you would buy you would buy Japan right now. Well, I, I wrote a bunch of things out, so this is going to be food related. But I think we also need to choose a TV show and a, a, and, a, and like a celebrity, right? Mm. To things that have yet to come out. Things that, that are yeah. See, like you could have bought on short round. No, when you saw he was cast in a movie, but not knowing it was going to be a mega hit. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I'm I'm going in. I want to I am buying stocks in steakhouse. The steakhouse. It's like so overbought already. But I'm okay. still buying. It, okay. it, 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 there's just no way. It's just a blue chip stock. It's just it's, always going to be more up. than a blue chip stock. It is the entire index of this <laughs> entire competition that we're talking about. Okay. Okay. I am buying a lot, a lot of stock in shopping malls and shopping malls, everything happening in shopping malls. Okay. 
because they were sold dirt cheap during the height of the pandemic. And many shopping malls around the country are not doing great. So what is our metric for, let's say you, you, buy, you buy low on shopping malls. How do, we, how do we measure that shopping malls have gone up in okay, value in we're, we're, 16 we're, months? We, we will see that more and more things are going to happen around shopping malls. Places okay. to be, restaurants. And I do think that, you know, this is sort of a, a way of talking about predictions too. More and more restaurants are going to go into shopping malls. Okay. That yeah. may not have done, but the reason is, is because it's such a buy low candidate, right? Like, so not cool. Right. It's cool. <laughs> right. Right. There's and no place like, else for it to go. Right. And it, so the reason why this is legitimately, I think, going to happen, a lot of real estate, it's somehow centrally located, most shopping malls are, to, you know, dense pockets of suburbia. And uh, it, it's probably going to be very inviting for deals for people to do something that they may not have done, you know. Five years ago. And it's everything that. cyclical. It was the hottest thing. Just look. All you have to do is watch Stranger Things. You don't remember shopping malls in the early 80s. That literally was my life, going to shopping malls, going to the mall, just hanging out. Right. <laughs> right. But it wasn't restaurants. But I, 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 don't, I see what you're talking about. We talked about this pre-pandemic. We talked about like this being the future. I mean, it, it all got derailed by the pandemic. But like that's the, the eating culture of Asia, right? And as more and more people come back from Japan being like, I had this amazing... I had this amazing meal on the sixth floor of a shopping mall. I can see it. More and more, and more cool things are going to happen uh, culinary-wise in shopping malls. So that's my belief. That's my prediction, which is why I'm buying shopping mall stock. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> shouldn't you literally just be buying shopping mall stock? <laughs> like, literal shopping mall stock. <laughs> Isn't that sort of more of an effective way? What yeah. if we just do this game and then it, it turns out you're right. And then it's like, God damn it. Why didn't we all just literally buy shopping well, let's, stock? Let's look at that. The things that we can look at, let's, let's sort of peg. We can put it on Discord. Whatever shopping mall stocks are, we're, we're theoretically buying them. Okay. This is also a good idea. We can maybe now do this with just publicly traded things that are food related. Okay. I think Domino's is going to nosedive. Really? Yeah. After we just sang their praises for a whole episode. <laughs> I, I'm not to say that, that it won't. I, the reason it's going to nosedive is not because Domino's is going to get worse. I think there's going to be increased competition in the kind of Domino's pizza. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to see is s influencers and celebrities making Domino's kinds of things. Okay. That's my Me bet. Meaning and what? This, Domino's kinds of things. That world of Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut. I think is going to get disrupted by influencers and chefs yeah. of note, you know, and, you know, Michael White tried to do this with Nicoletta Pizzeria in, 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 uh, New York many years ago. Um, you have Dave Dobrik's pizza in, in Hollywood. That's doing fabulously well and people love it. It's, I think it's the first wave of, well, put it this way. If I said, Hey, I want to open up a pizzeria. That's going to try to take down Domino's. You would just laugh. And that's exactly why I think people are going to try to do it. Okay. It's, and there's a lot of pizzerias out there, clearly. But I think a lot of them have taken the, the Chipotle build, a, build your pizza approach. That's not it. <laughs> 
you know any right. all of those all any pizzeria that's like i'll have this i'll have this i'll have this and then i put it in that that oven and i wait and here it is those are out selling all that <laughs> that's fucking out from a what perspective like why do you what makes you is that just from like a and, and examining- i put all and i'm not gonna say i don't want to say any names but even the ones that are quote unquote wood fired and stuff like that i think those those are out that kind of fancier style pizza is going to go go out of style. Okay. And then we're going to go back towards early 80s kinds of pizza. Very doughy, very pan pizza-y. Right. It's very thick. Yeah. Because it's easier to deliver. Now, if I said 15 years ago, I'm buying a lot of stock in this thing called Detroit style pizza. Mm-hmm. People be like, what are you talking about? What is that? All right. Sure. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people still say, well, what the hell is that? But yeah, I hear you. Sicilian, whatever. So I think we're going to have, I would sell Domino stock. I'm okay. selling Domino stock. And there's mainly because competition is going to get hot and heavy. Okay. I'm buying that there's, I'm buying Izekias stock. More and more restaurants, because you've seen Izakayas, but they're like this blended Pan-Asian thing. Yes. So now people are going to Japan. They're now eating at real Izakayas, and there are a variety of kinds of Izakayas. And now there's finally going to be a market for places like Otofuku and Gardena that are delicious, that serve wonderfully simple food. But this proliferation of cafes over the past 30 years, cafes being anything that's vaguely European... I think now you're going to have izakayas, but specifically like real, real kinds of izakayas and not an Asian pub and not something that's pan-Asian. I think it, you're going to see a lot more authentic style izakayas because it's, a, it's the new wave. If you think about it in the 90s and the late aughts, sushi restaurants also at Udon and uh, teriyaki and sort of this hodgepodge of things that are loosely Japanese. And we're talking about sushi restaurants that do a lot of delivery, a lot of covers. And I think that we're going to have the switch of that because now you can have an izakaya that does a little bit of everything that's Japanese and still do raw fish and sushi and sashimi. So what's just going to change is the ratio of what's normally been sold, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I think we're going to see a lot more izakayas. So every city in America pretty much has a really good ramen right now. And now... Every city in America is going to have a really good izakaya. Okay. How far? And it's out not going to. And, 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 and hopefully they're not named like Buddha's Belly. <laughs> How far out are we from Capo becoming a thing in the states? Well, it's funny you should ask. I actually wrote that down. I am mm-hmm. buying a hell of a lot of stock. That is the stock that I am buying the most in. Is <laughs> Capo That is waiting to break. Can you explain it? Well, Chris, I had a restaurant within a restaurant run by Paul Carmichael called Capo before. <laughs> I mean, um, is, the, is the stupidest, most basic way to explain it between Izakaya and Kaiseki is Capo? Kaiseki, it, it is a more informal version of Kaiseki with the chef facing forward to the diner sitting down in front of you. So there are some kaiseki capos uh, that are pretty big. The ones that I've seen in Kyoto, not big. There's usually eight seats and maybe four or five tables. But some 
Capo cuisine is very intimate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original Co is a good example of what a Capo cuisine could be. Totally. Uh, you know, 12 seats right in front of you. That's it. That model, because we've, we've already said, you know, sushi up, just keep on buying that stock, right? You're going to see Chef X that worked for Sugita-san in Japan is now opening restaurant in New York, right? And this Chef X probably spent seven years, eight years working mm-hmm. at the sushi. But in the pecking order, they were like 18 in this said restaurant. So not that they don't know how to make sushi. They're just not fully formed yet. And they mm-hmm. haven't, you know. It is a so, fucking great way to eat, by the way. Should be said. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. So yeah. So sushi yes. And because sushi are going to be all the rage, especially the super high end, that kind of economic model where you only need one or two people, you know, four tops, really. For if you want to have some front of the house, you you can you can make some money doing that, and 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 uh, control control it in a way that you, a larger restaurant can't. So we're going to see things get smaller as well. I'm buying a lot of garlic stock. I'm yeah. selling hummus. I'm selling chickpeas. I've got a uh, I got a couple of hot tips from our young our young Gabby, one of our our new uh, producers. I'm buying butter <laughs> and tin fish. Evidently, this is what Gabby told me today. That's true. Tin fish. It's only ten years too late. Butter and tin fish is what Gabby told me. It, Gabby's right. Tin fish is huge. It's all over social media, and and that's a good thing in the set. Not a good thing, but a good example of something that a lot of chefs. Took huge bets on, honestly, about 10 years ago. Uh, there was a place in Australia that just tried to do as a wine bar and tin fish. Uh, I believe it was called the Continental. That's right. And when we were in uh, Denmark, was all about that as well. Uh, you know, Christian Puglisi Manfred's was all about the tin fish. And a lot That's of right. chefs went to Manfred's. A lot of chefs were like, how do I do this? When we had... We we put some on the menu when we had Wyo and uh, what did you guys do at Wyo there? We all know we also did it at Nishi. We had uh, just a tin of anchovies. That's right, and we heated it up with some parsley and garlic That's and right. stuff. So it was there, but people were like, I'm "Not paying money for this, <laughs> fucking assholes!" Now they're posting their shit on TikTok. Oh my god! I so know. yes, tin fish. But but that's a stock I just can't buy. I'm not <laughs> just ethically. Yeah. All right. Because I, well, I bought it too many times. I bought it too many times. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> fool me once. Um. But I'm buying garlic. All things garlic. Yeah. What the hell, man? The the love affair with garlic. Uh, I didn't. I never thought it would just rekindle. But the heat on garlic is is so hot right now. Everything garlic. God garlic damn. chips. Garlic slivers. Jarred garlic, garlic. Um, there's this thing called tomb that you can mm-hmm. get at Whole Foods. This is delicious. <laughs> it tastes almost exactly like Zanku chicken garlic yeah. sauce. That's what it is. But garlic, garlic, garlic. You're going to see garlic overload left and right. God, this is just like I, what's hilarious about that is to me is, is like exactly what you've been talking about. Like everything returning to the 90s. Like I feel like garlic is the sign of the culinary lowbrow 90s. It's all garlic all the time. 
chickpeas out, garlic's in. I bought a large chunk of short options into the, <laughs> both <laughs> the chickpea itself and the company selling chickpeas. I was going to say, in years past, I thought like hummus was going to pay for Hugo's tuition, man. Just like the hummus bet. Um, two locations that I'm buying a lot of real estate in and, and, and stocks and companies that own real estate in these cities. West Palm Beach and Dallas, Texas. <laughs> what is happening in West Palm Beach? What? With less regulation and less sort of governance and access to great wealth such as South Beach has, that was a wonderful move for a lot of restaurateurs. They're crushing it down there. Um, especially to the pandemic where you had a mixture of people that didn't give a fuck about it and there was no rules and regulations mm-hmm. about it as well. South Beach is a good example of what could happen to some place like West Palm Beach. And if you haven't been, that is probably an hour outside of Miami. It is also extremely affluent. Like the richest people have houses there. That to me seems like a good area where people are going to open up restaurants um, and take advantage of that, right? Because it's it's not a place where people open up restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, from out, out of the West Palm Beach area. I would say Dallas too, because Austin clearly has had its just getting overflowed with people moving there. Houston as well. Now, when you say, when you say, okay, okay, not to, not to, not to uh, let my California West Coast bias show here too much, but when you say like West Palm Beach is going to be a great place to open restaurants, are you talking about interesting, ambitious restaurants? Are you talking about making money hand over fist restaurants of any stripe? I think it's going to be a mixture of both. Okay. Because I, I just, because, because yeah. a similar, a similar. West Palm Beach is a funny, and listen, it's not going to be groundbreaking and that's nothing. Another stock that I'm selling in general is anything modern. Mm-hmm. Anything avant-garde is out. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was just like, because because what, what you just said about West Palm Beach reminds me of like where I grew up in South Orange County. And I was reading, did you read that like um, ESPN article about like the Chargers defensive team just going out on like uh, to all of the, like Khalil Mack pays for all of the dinners for his like entire defensive unit at Orange County's finest restaurants. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> what are those restaurants? But they're just like, you know, they're steakhouses and they're whatever seafood joints, but they're pro- they're making money just hand over fist, right? So like, is Orange County? Well, well no, no, no. I, I'll say that what has to happen and what is going to happen, and I would guarantee it happens, the up and coming next gen of chefs and restaurateurs, that not, they're not necessarily getting priced out, they're like, okay, I can be a big fish in a small pond or small right. fish in a big pond. Right. I think they're going to choose the former. And I think Orange County is a great example too. But the reason why I'm not saying Orange County is California is yeah. extremely difficult to navigate and operate in. Dallas and Florida, Texas and Florida, we don't have to talk about it. It's, it's like, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And both places have access to deep, deep pockets. Which, that's just a newsflash. You need people with a lot of fucking money if you want to have a restaurant scene. <laughs> yes. 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 Sure. My question was, my, the reason I asked that question was like, the, 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 the formula for a New York level dining scene, though, is like a lot of money and 
like desire for smart, ambitious, innovative, interesting restaurants. Like that's how you get that kind of. Well, I mean, uh, here's an example. Taco Maria is sort of in Orange County. It's absolutely in Orange County. That's right. And it's like crazily just located in like a tucked away part of a strip mall. Great, great example. Perfect example. I mean, it's real trailblazer in that. Ad. I know, but somebody else has come down the trail. <laughs> well, it's going to happen. Yeah. And the reason why it's going to happen is you can make mistakes. And that's how you can find your voice. If Ferran Adria did not open up in Rosa, Spain, which is pain in the ass to get to from Barcelona, it's like two and a half hours. There's no way we would have LBE and the legacy that it's had. He was able to screw up and make horrible mistakes and culinary disasters and experiment for almost 10 years. Right. Outside of the glare of attention, outside of press, all of that. Yeah. And that's what you need. That's what you need. You need a community that's going to support the new and uh, and not be so prohibitive where you can't, which is why, again, I don't know if it's going to be West Palm, but you know, one of the buckets you need to have is huge access, access to huge amounts of wealth. You mean you don't need people reporting on you uh, in front of the city council, like applying for permits and then reviewing your restaurant? Well, on you, you still have to do that too, but it's easier from all my friends that have opened up in Florida. It is <laughs> easier by a, a great degree than say New York City. Yeah. I, yeah. I can only imagine. Texas sure. as well. So I, I think Dallas too, right? And I'm saying West Palm just because South Beach is is, is is always been hot, quite frankly. But so we'll see. We'll see. So garlic. I, I, I am I am I saying anything else here? Uh, I'm going to sell regional Italian food and I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy upmarket Italian American food. Mm, I'm going to buy more Carbone Teresi copycat and sell on like regional Sardinian restaurants. I mean, where's the bet on that? (laughs) Listen, dude, you know me, I'm a cautious investor. (laughs) Wow. Way to go out on a limb there. <laughs> I'm buying I'm buying seafood tanks in non-Chinese restaurants. I think it's covered. Mm. <laughs> I'm buying fancy French restaurants. Yeah. I'm selling super high-end Italian. Yeah. And I'm buying super high-end French. I'm buying stock in travel companies that set up groups in experiential three mission star restaurant resorts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you can't buy stocks in those places that are too expensive. <laughs> Do you have, oh my God. I'm just imagining the, the incoming emails I'm getting <laughs> what? Said, from those exact companies being like, I heard Dave Chang is going to be a huge fan of what we do. <laughs> I am selling stock in all food critics, <laughs> except, except, uh, not that they're not going to do their good job, except Tejo. I think she's she's like doing really good work. Be- in, 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 pair, like couch it with this, and it's because food vigilantism is going to take over food criticism, right? Yeah, everyone's going to become Batman. Mm-hmm. There's Keith Lee on TikTok, and I don't know if you know him, but he 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 buys things. He says, "Hey, my name's Keith." I uh, bought three pizzas from this pizzeria. 
and this is what I paid for it. And then he reviews it. Very honest. This guy is changing Las Vegas dining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we just a guy. Just a guy. You're going to have more of this and more of this. At some point, it's going to drown out the traditional food criticism. And that's not to say that food criticism is not going to get better. It's going to get better. I'm just... Well, it's only going to get any, better anyone, as a reaction. You got to gotta have your... You got to be threatened to get better. Anyone can put on a mask and a cape, and that's what's happening with food. <laughs> Anybody can put... That's, that's not how Batman worked. <laughs> Batman was literally a billionaire putting on a cape. <laughs> but, but can you name... Um, I mean, this is just where culture is going. I agree. I agree with you. I don't. I, so I would, think you, that, would you be, are you buying stock in food critics? No. Or what? selling? No. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe. I, I feel like they're already just like penny stocks. <laughs> just maybe I could buy some now. Low. Real low. I could buy some real low. No. I'm not buying that. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, because I've been buying this, I've been a long time shareholder in this, is Korean raw fish. Yeah. I keep on, I feel like I'm uh, the guy in the big short, Michael Burberry, whatever his name is. You've been, you, you, you were going to buy into that for sure. Huedo Pop. Kimbap and Huedo Pop is, is raw fish similar to Chirashi. But the, the reason why I feel that I, I, I'm continuing to buy this, even though it's cost me a lot of money and a lot of credibility, is that it's just a matter of time before a salad chain starts selling it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. I see that. I and, mean, uh, I, yeah. All right. I mean, we gotta, we gotta figure out how we gotta, we gotta see how to <laughs> measure all buying, of this. Buy, I'm buying a lot. This is a big basket of stocks. <laughs> <laughs> Just hoping for something to break. Another thing I'm buying is mycelium. Mm-hmm. The root Mushroom, structure of mushrooms? Um, yes. Yeah. Buying a lot of it. Why? It's the cleanest. It's a super, it's like a magical food. Mm-hmm. Protein, I happen, fiber. I happened to taste some of that recently. And it is, uh, <laughs> I don't disagree. It's kind of a remarkable thing. That, the, 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 the word mycelium is going to become as synonymous as chipotle. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not joining you on buying stock in the name mycelium. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying not, no stock in the name mycelium, but as, as a food product, my interest is peaked. All right. Those are my, those, those are my, um, my recommendations. <laughs> I can't, I, I, I'm not offering any financial advice on this. I, um, I have a non-food related stock I would buy. I was thinking about this. This is this pertains to what we've been talking about on, on the last episode. Follow me here. Do you know what the color Nardo gray is? Is it in a crayon crayola crayon box? <laughs> it is not in a crayola color a crayon box. I think it's actually like an Audi colored car proprietary color. But have you noticed as you drive around like this most recent generation of cars in the last couple of years there's like so many of these like light gray cars on the road now i own one it's you have a light gray car like a light gray yes and this car this color of sort of like lightly bluish gray beige has just like taken over all of these new cars i've noticed and i was thinking about something like what we were talking about in the last episode just sort of like balance being 
between having equal amounts of extremes, right? In the in the car world, that would mean like you've got as many white and black cars as you have purple and orange cars. Like that would be a, a balance of, of cars. And I was just thinking about when you were talking about dining and how like the worst version of dining would be just a steady middle and not having like an extreme high and extreme low. I started like looking around on the road and I was like, man, every fucking car is Nardo gray. <laughs> and then I looked this up and you can see there's like tons of articles about how the entire world in general, like there are far fewer colored cars in the world now than there used to be. Like every single year, the number of cars that are not black or white decreases and declines. And now everything is just black, white, and Nardo gray. And I was like, maybe I'm stone, but I feel like that's sort of like what you're talking about in the food world. Like it's just a leveling off to like one single inoffensive gray color. We're in the Nardo gray period. <laughs> so the <laughs> Jurassic period, we're now going to be in the industrial era, Renaissance, Nardo gray. We're in the Nardo gray era of dining. That bummed me out just thinking about it. I mean... I've never owned, have you ever owned a car? I mean, you haven't owned that many cars, right? You've just started driving in California. But like my family and I have never owned anything but like white or black or brown cars. Well, only white cars with a red interior, a gamer, <laughs> gamer car. <laughs> That's an inside joke. That's an inside joke. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you know, another thing I am selling. Sorry. There's a, just selling. Straight selling. Mm-hmm. Selling it like it's Peloton stock. <laughs> Oh, poor Peloton. Poor Matt Wilpers. Top 50. We're oh. Also, Pe- 50 Peloton best? Top 50, yeah. Selling it outright so- sold. Gone. <laughs> I mean, I'm buying... <laughs> what are the put options left and right? What? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> if you want... <laughs> like, what leads you to say that? What? What? What is... What? I mean, besides the obvious, like, why Why is the top 50 being sold? Food vigilantism. Yeah. 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 I can't see a thing that people are going to, I feel less excited about these days than 50 best, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't get rid of that one enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a great stock to own for a long time. Right? Great stock. It was, it was it was like buying GE. It's great. I mean, if you if you bought early on that, when you, if you bought when it was when it was just like created by some obscure magazine industry trade magazine that nobody had ever heard of, you did really well. I am also buying stock, whether it's a real stock or not, in Auntie Anne's. That is actually going to become Skynet. I told you I'm a Wetzel's man. <laughs> They're making every, not Auntie Anne's. I'm talking to the. the Annie's. Excuse no, me. Annie's. Annie's Mac- yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're Skynet. Oh, yeah. My God, they're making everything. Yeah. And they just have like that that <laughs> sinister kind thing on lock. You just look at them like, oh, that's so sweet. A little bunny. How did it go from mac and cheese to cake mixes and frosting, olive oil? There's going to be an olive oil soon. Mm-hmm. promise you because it brags by the way no company makes me more upset than brags liquid aminos yeast nutritional yeast 
Who bought that? Who 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 paid the unbelievable amount of money for Liquid Aminos? Somebody did. Bragg's Bragg's is uh, wow. It's catnip for a certain group of people. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal. You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What are we talking about next? Well, I can tell you, we can, we can talk about, we can go into what we'd promised we'd talk about last time, which is sort of the essentials of a home kitchen. Or I can tell you about how I just got off the phone after arguing with my old pal Ivan about the $50,000 restaurant for an hour. What do you say? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so nervous because actually like when you and I are recording this the day before our $50,000 restaurant podcast will come out. And you and I were already like a little nervous about are people going to just think we're idiots and think we're insane. But he, Ivan just got back from Tokyo or from Japan where he had a, a great time. And he was talking to me. He was lamenting how, you know, he was simultaneously lamenting how you can't go out to like a nice dinner in New York for less than $400 for two people now. It's just flat out. You can't do it. Simultaneously, he was like, I'm super happy to spend $750 going to Restaurant Franson or $800 going to sushi, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I was floating him the thing. I was like, why isn't... Why isn't a meal at the the very best restaurant in the world? Why does that cost the same amount as like the worst tickets to a Taylor Swift show? 
And he was, you know, blah, 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 availability, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, what if there was a $50,000 restaurant? And he was like, oh, you, I mean, fine. Then like just you and Elon Musk can go and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying there should be. He's like, oh, this is where the whole fucking world is headed. <laughs> just like until we stand up and say, fuck these people. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying restaurants should be $50,000. I literally argue with him for an hour about this, explaining that you and I were not saying we want restaurants. It costs $50,000. And he's just like, oh, this is this is bullshit. This is the same thing that people come into my restaurant and say I'm charging too much money. And I was like, that's 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 the point right there. That's the point right there. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what we are trying to say is when I see a sneaker sell for $50,000, I'm never going to buy it. But recently I walked into Bodega, the, the cool sneaker shop by our office. Which, I, you know, I'm not a sneaker guy. I don't know anything about that world. And I walked in there just to see what it was like. And knowing very little, I saw, you know, the cheapest pair of sneakers is $150. And because I've seen sneakers sell for $50,000, $60,000, I was like, oh, damn, that seems pretty affordable. Like, it shifted my perception of what this thing is worth. And that's what I was trying to say to him was like, the $50,000 restaurant we're talking about is going to make it easier for you ostensibly running a ramen shop in the lower east side and he was like jang we're in so much trouble people are just not gonna understand what we're saying at all because he was like what are you talking about like people are doing this all I'm, you know anybody people are already spending 50 60 100 dollars on dinners and i was like no 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 i'm not saying in private i'm saying the list price of a restaurant would be 50 grand and he was like oh well i don't know so anyway, that's a preview of what's coming, Chang. Like, this is Ivan, who's a huge fan of restaurants, did not understand what we were saying with the $50,000. He didn't understand that per person would be 50 grand. He didn't understand. He didn't understand that we weren't, <laughs> that like the idea of it wasn't because we want dining to be exclusive. It was because like it would raise the value of food across the board and how people saw food. But I argued for one hour. <laughs> before getting on here with you. And that's somebody who's like smart and like loves restaurants. <laughs> so we're in so much trouble. We're recording this Wednesday, January 11th at 4.25 p.m. <laughs> Pacific Standard Time. Our podcast that we uh, did was uh, releasing tomorrow. So we have no idea what the reaction is going to be. Yeah. We're, we're doing, you know, talking head commentary about something that has yet to... <laughs> Be, into, be released into the ether. Yeah, I'm just nervous what you, because what do you what what do you think is going to happen? I mean, most likely, some people on Discord will call us bad names. <laughs> Maybe if, it, if if people notice, wasn't it clear that we said we are not? I don't know. I, do, I I that's what I'm worried about. Is like, <laughs> and if people don't know, like, listen to the last episode. Chang Chang put out this idea, this notion that like. What if there were a restaurant? What if like LBE reopened or something and just said, hey, the going rate is 50 grand. Now, I'm not saying like not in private, not just for so-and-so, just you go, if you want a reservation, it's $50,000. And we were speculating about what that would mean for food. And but clearly, <laughs> no, no one I know would be like, yes, that's a good idea. It's probably most likely never, ever going to happen. But isn't that interesting to think about? If it's never going to happen, let us at least model it out in our heads. Yeah. So I, I hope that if people heard that and they didn't understand it, like it is, it is not because we want 
there to be a restaurant that costs $50,000 to go to. I mean, I'll, I'll backtrack. I do want that to exist. I do. I said it on the last episode. I, I do want there to be a restaurant that costs 50 grand because I think it'd be really interesting to see the, the, the heads it would turn, right? Like people who, I'm not talking about food people. I'm talking about the rest of the world who like already doesn't understand restaurants. If they suddenly saw like, dude, there's a, re- did you see there's a restaurant that costs $50,000 to go to? That would mean in their minds, like, oh shit, there are people who would pay that. Oh, is food more, is food worth more than I thought it was? Is food more valuable than I thought? Like, that's all I'm saying. So anyway. Well, all I know is if acting as a gadfly and being an irritant to just about every single person (laughs) about this, then our job is done because at least we're starting the conversation about how to make things more expensive for a small segment, a very, very, very small sliver of the global population, right? We're talking about the, the, the gourmands and the super, super rich that even they would be like, oh, that's expensive. But they, okay. if there was enough <laughs> cultural currency attached to it, and one of the Kardashians is, this is the best, then you know what? People covet it. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I am not, nor is Chris condoning and saying this is what is a good thing. But it's just an interesting thought exercise to think about how much would change if it did exist. And it's a given. The horrible people that would eat there. The horrible <laughs> metaphor of the whole thing. Yes, terrible. Yeah. But out of that horribleness are Would the rising tide things. lift all boats is, is the thing. Would that happen? Is all, is that, that's the only question. So maybe none of you are pissed and maybe I'm just um, I'm fear-mongering, but I, I, I'm a little concerned because somebody I thought who would get it did not get it. He was really mad, that mad about it. <laughs> like we were, we were yelling at each other. I was like, what the fuck is this? I just wanted to hear about where you ate in Japan. Why are we yelling about this thing? So, I mean, in, in the, at the end, he was just like, listen, this is, this is all coming from like an emotional place too. I'm just like, it, it, things are getting so expensive, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I get it. It's simply, we just don't want people to complain anymore. Yeah. And, and again, to reiterate the last podcast, why is food the only thing where when there's sticker shock, people think to themselves, that's garbage. That's a horrible thing. That's a ripoff. Mm-hmm. But they don't think that when Taylor Swift sells $2,500 floor seat, I mean, not floor seats, nosebleed seats. Yeah. Or getting to see Bruce Springsteen or the last concert to Elton John where it's $9,000 per ticket. Yeah. You know, Super Bowl seats were going for $50,000 last year at SoFi Stadium. That's why I just picked that number out, all right? And I don't know how much floor seats are for Chase Center in San Francisco for the Warriors during the championship game, but I bet you they were pretty close. (laughs) I mean, frankly, they're more. (laughs) Okay, great, because it is SF. Fine. So there are moments and uh, times in culture where Absorbent amount of money is being spent on ephemeral things. Yeah. Why are we so allergic to that idea for food? And I hope to never eat at that restaurant. I hope to eat at that restaurant if someone else is paying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, I hope that that doesn't happen to restaurants that I want my children to experience all of this stuff. But just as an intellectual exercise, what would it mean? Yeah. We know that it's terrible. All right. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, that was what I was up to immediately before jumping on with you. Um, let me ask you, if you had a chance to go to Japan right now, would you go to Tokyo or Kyoto? You can only go to one. Oh, sweet Lord. Right now, January 11th, Tokyo. No, I'm going to Kyoto. I think I would want to go to Kyoto in a couple of months. Well, it, it's a Shinkansen bullet train, you know, two hours away. So it's nothing. But I love Kyoto. Yeah. I love, love, love Kyoto. It is a city that makes sense versus Tokyo. No <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's true. What do you go and uh, what's the first thing you go and eat off the, off the, off the plane? Off the train. Pickles. Nishiki market. I just eat pickles. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I think we got to go. Start drinking green tea like I belong. <laughs> just like have your Bill Murray moment. I want to eat more like a Japanese diet. Yeah. Ivan was like, what, what the hell? Where the, he was like, where the hell's Dave? He hasn't been. Why isn't he here right now? I'm going to Japan. <laughs> I'm the only person that loves Japan that's not in Japan right now. <laughs> You're literally the only one. It's true. Uh, one last thing that I'm buying stock in and buying a big chunk of it, gobbling it up. Pozole. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because BDS sort of like, even though it's totally different, has laid the foundation for that kind of saucy, chili, soupy goodness type of thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. My head, when you said Pozole, went to Menudo and I was like, why are you buying stock? That's never going to take off here. Mazzola, for sure. And BDS gotta it's gotta go somewhere else. And I think that somebody's gonna turn it into not somebody. It's they're totally different things, but totally different things. But I can see that logical culinary leap to Pozzola. Yeah. I see the lot. I mean, it's the consomme with the birria. It's the it's like you said, it's like the spicy, porky, rich, like super fragrant. Another thing that's thing. important about Pozzoli, you can garnish it how you would like. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. In all of the, in all of the sort of swell, the groundswell of Korean food love in recent years, have Jigae's been left behind a little bit? No. Or do you think that Jigae's no, I mean, are... Jigae is a Korean term for stew. Tang is soup, and it will never, it, it won't. It will, but it won't. It will what? It will catch on, but it won't. I don't know if it, I don't know. It's, and so close to Korean food, it's hard for me to, I have to recuse myself. I was just wondering if I like, in, I mean, like, cause I, I see the, the appeal to me is, is similar between the two, except for the garnish your, your, your own as you like, but like the rich, potent, spicy porkiness between Pozzole and, 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 you know, Jigas. You've been I, I on the Pozzole train for a while, though. I remember you've been I, I, on the Pozzole train buy, for, for decades. You had a great Pozzole at your wedding. That's right. And you used to go, you, I remember, <laughs> I forget, you were recovering from some sort of uh, something or other, and you were staying at like, maybe with the Turleys or something in the, in the mountains. Yes, and, I was, was staying just, at their mountain house. That's where I would go to, to Dr. Larry Turley of Turley Vineyards would, uh, He's a doctor, and every time he'd come to see his daughter, Christina, who was our first sommelier, would say, you look like shit. <laughs> but I, remember, take care I, of I, I, met, I met you up there one time, and it was just you by yourself 
in the mountains with a big ass pot of pozole. Like that was just that was it. I was like, this is yeah. Like I, ate awesome. pozole, I ate pozole for a straight week. <laughs> I'm not kidding me. That was it. Give all your nutrients. I need some all your protein. This is what I want right now. It's good. I'm sure there's amazing pozole in 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 LA, but you do you make how often do you make it? I made it a lot more before the kids because they can't eat spicy. Yeah, yeah. Corey does a fun one at San Juan. Just FYI. Well, (laughs) (laughs) just drive you crazy. (laughs) That's not. Corey. By the way, Corey Lee, congratulations on getting married. Congratulations, Corey. We love and you. Corey, I I'm I I am torn. Do I I'm not torn. I'm just upset that I wasn't invited to your wedding. This is some bullshit. I don't care if it was only for 50 people total. <laughs> I don't care if it was at the Korean Furniture Museum. <laughs> right. I, don't I like care. to imagine I like to imagine we were 51 and 52 on that list yeah. though. I don't care if your side was bringing 25 people of all family members. I don't care if her side was bringing 22 people of all family members. <laughs> I didn't I didn't make the cut. Yeah. It is Can I also tell you something funny? I got numerous emails and texts from people saying, did you steal Thomas Keller's golf clubs? <laughs> <laughs> that was like seeing that Instagram oh post. So, so I don't know if people don't understand. Thomas Keller posted like, he posts just like very professional stuff on his Instagram, but then he just posted like the most, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a missing persons ad for a golf bag of his that got lost. And I was like, this is crazy how personal this is that you just posted this. Come and get it, Chef Keller. Come and get it. <laughs> Chopping it up right now. I saw somebody in the I'm comments. Send, like, I'm going to, I'm going to send him just one grip. From his golf club. The <laughs> nub. The f- like the a nub. finger you chopped yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapping victim. Here's the uh here's the dumbest shit. Like here's I, I was reading the comments of that of that post and like <laughs> I can't even imagine how annoying it is to have people just be like, oh put air tags in there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for the fucking advice. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's fucking funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, one day. I have some great TK stories. My God. Will I ever be able to tell them? My goodness. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of golf clubs, I did get some intel from from our, our partner, Chris Chen, that when you were being fit for that for a new driver, you just requested an extra stiff shaft and you just wanted to hit bombs, huh? This is the Dave Chang. Dave Chang. Golf yeah, I philosophy. couldn't really hit because of... Uh, <laughs> my shingles back, but I wound up getting, I, I wound up hitting m- maybe a couple hundred balls. <laughs> and I, and I told really Grace that I wasn't. Grace was literally like, if you throw out your back because of this, I, I, I don't have no words. And I said, I promise you. And then she called Chris, she called everybody, make sure Dave doesn't hit any golf balls. And then not only does he hit a couple hundred, but he goes for like the extra stiff shaft so he can swing as hard as he can fucking swing. You monster. Dude, I was hitting bombs. <laughs> You're just like, I mean, Grace knows you well enough to know that you are, <laughs> you are going to hit balls. Come on, man. You can't not do it. We have a lot of things in store because our studio is going to be ready. Knock on wood soon. And 
there will be more changes to the DC show. <laughs> for sure. Hopefully for the better. But one of the things we were talking about was plumbing. Oh, yes. If that makes no sense, because we had a plumbing issue in the, in the construction, and then got into the conversation about friends in Chicago whose pipes were bursting. Also, in New York City, pipes were bursting because it was too cold, and now the flooding because of the rains in California. And just how miserable it is to be a, a restaurant owner. And mm. I have had, I've swum in straight New York City floodwater sewage. <laughs> I mean, fact. And that was not even, not even during Hurricane Sandy. Uh, this was another time where um, if your sink pump, sunk pump breaks down, you're screwed. And New York City has a lot of basement uh, cooking area stuff. Uh, I think more than any other place in America. Anyway, there have been many times where I've been in neck deep of, of, of sewage water. Yeah. Quite. Good God. It, it, it's just a, a terrible thing. And then uh, just whenever you have a conversation with a chef or you catch up with a chef friend, it inevitably turns into, man, this fucker did this or this thing happened or this thing broke. And it's amazing. We should write a book about all the sewage problems that happen at restaurants, not because of the restaurant, but because of the building it was in, because of a pipe burst, et cetera. Um, but a lot of your friends' restaurants are flooded because in San Francisco right now, right? It is very rough up in, in Northern California. Um, Rintaro, you know, a great Japanese restaurant on the mission, uh, was just like you, like you described. You're just waist deep in a dining room. Like, it's unbelievable to see. And it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like when you see all the footage of like cars underwater, like that's just your dining room at, at counter height, just totally underwater. If the, it's just plumbing is such an issue in restaurants. It really is. And um, it's such a hard time, whether you're getting screwed by the cold weather or because of just this torrential downpour on the West Coast. Uh, not, not an easy thing. But again, this is a crazy leap in, in thought. But I've been telling Chris Ying about this for some time. I have a, a, some kind of neurotic fear of plumbing. And the end of the end of days, because uh -huh. if we get an EMP, whether it's a bomb or whether it's a solar flare that knocks out our electrical grid, we're all going to have we're all going to know what it's like to be swimming in sewage water. So what you're talking about is this. So in general, plumbing through history has depended upon gravity. Like that is how water has usually been moved from one place to the next. So as they designed cities and things like that in earlier times, everything would have to be designed so that water ran downhill so you could get rid of sewage. Uh, by and large, like cities still try to depend on gravity, but you really can't. So you need pumps to move things along. And those pumps run on electricity. <laughs> so <laughs> Dave's fear is as you described it to me yesterday, the other day before, or, or numerous times before that, if there's an EMP and I want to get to the, I want to get to the, I want, I want you to paint me a picture at some point of how you think this EMP will be deployed and what's happening here. It'll be vegan. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That joke. That joke has too many layers. 
if there's an EMP that is not a restaurant, <laughs> an electromagnetic pulse knocks out our grid. Dave's number one concern, he said to me, was that he would have no way to flush the toilet and he'd be swimming in poopy water just coming back up his I'm legitimately <laughs> scarred. I, I don't, I'm legitimately scarred from having to swim down into the, the, the sink pump or sunk pump or how do you pronounce it and to, to see if it was working or not. It, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had to do in my life and especially when things flood in New York City all of that water gets mixed together. Sewage yep. water, street water. It is the most vile thing. It also might be the reason why I'm going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> you think you might have some kind of latent superhero mutation that happened to you in, in that sewage water? I don't see why not. There's a possibility. Yeah, sure. I guess so. I guess where where the logical conclusion would be that you're going to die sooner. Maybe you got superpowers. Did you literally have to like swim like breaststroke style through the water? God. Yeah. You know how many fucking times I've had to clean up poo, human poo? I mean, no. I mean. <laughs> what? Okay. Give me. I was about to say, give me a taste. Give me. <laughs> The worst thing that can happen, especially in New York City, where the plumbing is sometimes 100 plus years old, mm -hmm. <laughs> is putting, there could be signs everywhere. Do not put a paper towel or tampons down the toilet. Trash can here, trash can here, trash can here. Everywhere trash cans in a small bathroom. These motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Put that shit right down the toilet. Mm -hmm. What happens? You got a snake won't even work, right? It, 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 it causes so much damage. And when that happens and it's clogged, you know what happens a lot of times? I still got to go number two. I'm going to go number two. On top of it. Yeah. On top of it. God damn. Yeah. It happens almost every time. Yeah. You know who's not going to clean that up? The plumber that gets there. <laughs> you know what the worst thing in the world is? When there's so much flooding that the poo starts to just come out of the toilet and onto the ground. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to throw up. This is vile. Every, here's the thing. Every restaurant you know of has had to deal with this because customers, some customers, are just horrible people. I mean, who walks into a restroom, sees the toilet clogged, and is like, I'm going to poop on this. happens <laughs> every time. It happens all the time. Ask anybody. And then, they, you know, and then I bet this is what they do. They're like, well, maybe this person just didn't try to flush. And they try to flush it, which adds more water and brings us closer to the meniscus. It's brings the worst, you closer man. to poo overflow. It is, is literally the hurt locker. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow's great film with Jeremy Renner. Hope he's recovering. It's the hurt locker. Every time you got to diffuse that toilet bomb. Is it okay? Let me ask and you. Sometimes, this, by the way. And sometimes your plumbing is tied to your neighbor's apartment buildings. And if they do something stupid, you're screwed too. The whole thing's a, a nightmare. Let me let me ask you this. Aside from the plumbing, I've never I've never thought about this. If you're if you were building a restaurant and you had sort of carte blanche in this respect, if you had, say, 150 seats in your restaurant, how many this what is almost your ideal. Let, let me back up. This happens most of the time in New York City. Sure. Because the plumbing is so old. 
But if you were designing a restaurant, because I, I, I've thought about this, like people, people say, you know, there are, there are people who can tell you like how many elevator, uh, how many elevators you need for a building of X height for X number of occupants. If you were designing a restaurant of 150 seats, how many, what would be like the ideal restroom number of restrooms you would have in your restaurant? And would you have like the individual well, stalls? No, I, I can't remember again in New York. I can't remember what it is. It's not about it's, it's per table or per uh, amount of people dining in a specific area. You need to have a washroom and a hand sink available for the, for the guests. If it's say, I think seats under 16, you, you don't need to have it. Mm-hmm. You need to have at least one. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, you know, one of my, one of my favorite things when we were designing in uh, Australia, I didn't put a bathroom in the restaurant. <laughs> You're a monster. We eventually had to turn the employee one into a, a one that the you, guests you, could use. Oh, you had to walk through the kitchen mm-hmm. to get to the back. Yeah, and but because, go- because I've been so scarred. <laughs> of customers. So in the beginning, people were having to leave the restaurant, go into the... Oh, yeah. I, I said, outsource it. Uh, outsource it. I don't care if that diminishes the customer experience at all. Get out. Leave the restaurant and go to the casino bathroom. I don't give a ass. I, I, I gotta say, on the other side, as a customer, as a diner, when you're in a nice, beautifully appointed restaurant, having a wonderful meal... Nothing is more jarring than being told to leave the restaurant, hang a left, then another right, then go to the casino bathroom. Yeah. I applaud you, man. It's fucking crazy. I had a chance to open up in a brand new space in the worst part of the casino. And the reason it was the worst part of the casino, I said, I will only open up here as far away from the gaming floor as humanly possible. <laughs> it was so hard to find. And I said, oh. More space for wine, more space for a bar. Let's just get rid of the bathrooms. And that's what we did. And I never had to deal with that problem. So the reality is you should, I, I hope that restaurateurs are encouraged to just outsource the bathroom outside of the restaurant. <laughs> you know, what was, what was, uh, this reminds me of us when, um, <clears throat> when I think, uh, when, when Noma opened up, 108 their sort of coffee shop restaurant around the corner <laughs> i think we've told the story but like noma used to be really hard to walk to in copenhagen you'd just go like they take this super long route around you know this whatever dock go onto this island whatever and then they built this bridge <laughs> like a walking bridge for people and you could walk from the center of of copenhagen to where noma was and i remember them telling me like they're like one of the reasons why they had to like move noma was that like Tourists just started using the bathrooms nonstop. And for a restaurant, they're just like, absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Like, plumbing is already an issue. You cannot come and just use the restroom. Like, this is why you see so many signs on restaurants restaurants that are just like, sorry, restrooms are for customers only. They're like, if we have to clean up people's poo, it better be the people who came in here and ate the fucking food at our restaurant. Man, it's one more reason why I love Japan. Then, then no one's ever had this problem before. Yeah, it's never, never happened, and never. I mean, public. <laughs> the only again, the only problem is when you have a toilet that you have to wash your hands in. <laughs> uh, 
nothing brings me, nothing makes me more excited at a restaurant than when I go and they have like the arrangement is. You know, again, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, it's a toilet that you would normally see, but on top is a spigot where when it fly, when you flush the toilet, it's a spout that puts water right. into the basin. So it's very economical ha- in terms of water. The Wash. hand sink is on top of yeah, where the where the, the the toilet. I only last year learned on our Discord channel that it's actually meant for washing hands. But here's the thing. You thought I it was a drinking Japan long enough. No. <laughs> I've lived in Japan long enough where if you see this, and sometimes you see this in people's homes, regardless of where you see them, you almost never see it where it's just a... Uh, just the, the the bathroom with the sink on top of the toilet where the water is. It almost always has the shit that you might see in an aquarium, right? The, those metal bobble things and some plants. And it's all, <laughs> it's like this diorama of stuff on top of the toilet that makes it hard to understand why is water coming out like a waterfall on top of the toilet? <laughs> I mean, it's a very clever design. And like, strictly speaking, it's just, it's the same water. It, w- it would be the same water that would be coming out of the faucet that you would wash your hands with. But there is something about just like washing your hands in the water that's going into the toilet that is disturbing. It's disturbing. Can I also say one more thing? Because I, I, this is not something that you see as often as you used to years ago. The squatting toilet. It's really what? just a porcelain commode with a small hood-like cover on one end and it looks like a baby bassinet <laughs> right but porcelain in the ground yeah. sometimes it's elevated sometimes it isn't but it's meant for number twos and you just squat into it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here's a genuine thing i've never had answered which way are you supposed to face <laughs> when using a squatting toilet are you supposed to face squatting are, is your front area supposed to be facing the hood or are you supposed to be your back towards the hood? I if you don't think... know what I'm talking about, you're never going to know. But if you know, now this is a question you need to ask yourself. <laughs> I think you, I think you do it the way. I, I, uh, right. I thought you, well, I how thought have you done it? I, I treat it like a, a, a seated toilet where like, the way I walked up to it, I back into it. Like I, I, I turned my back. So, so I, I hate to say this. So your butt, your your back is touching the hood. Yeah. Yes, I think that's. It I looks that's like it. a little bit. <laughs> this is going to be a weird thing because we're just talking about Australia, like the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> <laughs> Architecturally speaking, right? It yes. just is hanging over this. Porcelain. It's got thing. like it's got like a little, yeah, a little, a little, yeah, you said hood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a little amphitheater. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think my back is to tent, that. A little, a little tent. I think my back is to that, but I'm seeing an illustration of somebody sitting like straddling it as though you're like sitting <laughs> like when the cool teacher is having a serious talk with you. <laughs> are you supposed to put are you supposed to be facing the hood? Is what I'm trying to say. So basically, your groin genital area is facing under the hood. Yeah, I think I. So I do. Oh, oh, is that what the little hood is for? I don't know. 
I legitimately feel like Sylvester Stallone and Dem Demolition Man, the three shells. I don't know. I'm too embarrassed <laughs> to ask. Nobody has ever told me how to use this properly because clearly it was designed with a function because effectively it's just a hole in the ground. Why would a hole in the ground have a hood <laughs> unless it's designed for something? Hold on. I'm looking at the wiki how use a squat toilet. And I don't know how trustworthy this is because the first step in this wiki how is to take your shoes off and take off your pants completely before using the toilet. That well, can't listen, be right. I actually think that is right. You take your pants off completely? Otherwise, you're going to get it on your pants. But I don't think that people who know how to use it take, I think they roll their pants down to their ankles and then If I back. was somebody that didn't see, seeing it for the first time and that was your only toilet, which is the case in Asia many times, I would take them with my pants. I guess you're right. I guess that's no interesting. Question. I, no I question. I thought about that. Can, can you imagine just going into a Western toilet and taking off your pants completely to use the bathroom? Just like, although when you think, sometimes I, when sometimes I go into like a, a toilet in America and like, I'll, I'll, I'll pull my pants down and then I'm just like, this is gross. My pants are like touching the ground here. I wish I could just hang these up on the coat rack. Nobody's answering my question. So I've seen a picture of a, of a, a pensive, an illustration, not a picture. I'm looking at an illustration on this wiki how of a very pensive looking woman squatting over the toilet and she is facing the hood. Aha. Uh -huh. Cause I think that is correct. Because if you were backwards towards the hood, that would be gross. <laughs> so maybe we've solved this one. I don't know. But all these other I've seen other illustrations and clip art of people with their backs to it. Hmm. The problem with this topic that we are discussing is what do you think the percentage of listeners have ever used one? Eight mm, percent. I go 8%. less. You think less than that have ever used a squatty squat squatty five percent? Five percent. Yeah, probably. But there was some. There's there was like a, a trend in recent years of just like people explaining that like the most the healthiest position to poop in is in a squatted position, and they had those like those those stools that you would put under your toilet to like put you into a squat. I don't even know what that, what you just said. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. It's called the Squatty Potty. <laughs> and their slogan is incredible. The number one way to number two. <laughs> it's just a little, it's just a little stool that helps you poop like an Asian person. Well, we did it, Chris. We talked about a poop story that very few people are ever going to understand. <laughs> we managed to gross people oh. out without helping them at all. Oh, wow. Well, that's what Hugo has. But poor Sasha having to listen to this. <laughs> Sorry, Sasha. Anyway, um, give us five stars. I just can't wait to let people know what this podcast is going to look like soon. It's going to be fun. And it looks like what it looks like. That's a good, that's yeah. a good clue, though. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 we can't talk to you. Give us five stars. Bye. <laughs>